So the Vikings are going into Sunday's game with a rookie QB. What is that going to do to the offense? What can we expect? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like that? Three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. My hashtag everydayers, I love you all dearly. If you are new, you can find this show anywhere you find your favorite podcast, including podcast platforms, uh, anywhere, any podcast app, the SiriusXM app, where you can also find uh, the live broadcasts, radio broadcasts of each game. You can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app if you would like to see my particularly disheveled and uh, sick self. I apologize. Uh, anyways, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And we're going to do some prize picks, prized picks later in the show. We're also going to do your bold predictions, but first a little bit of actual serious analysis. Um, so the Vikings offense is going to be a little different on Sunday, obviously, right? No Kirk Cousins. Got a fifth-round rookie in there instead. Things are going to contract probably a little bit. But I've kind of been thinking this week, like, how is that going to work? What contraction will we actually see? And to understand that, you have to kind of understand some of the things that Kirk Cousins was doing at the line of scrimmage, in especially in the last two games. He was dealing, like, a lot. Um, if you, you might remember me complaining a lot, and I still hold this complaint, about the Vikings not getting to the line of scrimmage fast enough, right? They, they were not uh, in the huddle. And you may have even noticed Kirk Cousins had a play card on his wrist. So he was asked about this, and he said, yeah, the play calls are getting a little long. So I'm thinking long play calls also had something to do with being late to the line of scrimmage. There's just kind of a lot to do. For example, this is what a play call might be that Kirk Cousins would hear in the headset. Solo left, ace F, two jet, F branch, bow, can, to solo left, ace F left, 19 F sift. Okay, that's a lot of words, right? So you have to say all of those words in to Kirk Cousins' ear. You might have to say them twice. I, I think it's standard to say them twice. Uh, and then Kirk Cousins has to go into the huddle and say all of those words. That just in and of itself, that process is going to take a while, not to mention the process it takes to actually come up with the play call to figure out the down and distance, How, however many seconds it takes Kevin O'Connell to think about it, which won't be a lot, right? He's a professional play caller, but that's still like three or four seconds, right? We only have 40. Then you have to get up to the line, and another thing that you will have is motion and pre-snap pre-snap checks. Notice that in that play call, I said can to, if, if you caught those words, like solo left, ace F, two jet, F branch bow can to solo left, ace F left, 19 F sift. So if you might notice some of the things in that play call are the same words, solo left, ace F left are the same things. That is the formation. So the formation will not change. Um, but jet F means F goes into jet motion. That means that, you know, CJ ham will be in jet motion. Um, and then branch bow is a passing concept. Um, can two solo left, ace F left 19 F sift. So sift is, um, or 19 F sift is a run to the left with the fullback 
doing basically jet motion, right? But after the snap, so it's the same motion, but it's basically canning to a run play. That's all that means. And everybody's got their little word that they have to listen to there for what they're supposed to do on those plays. Um, but to figure out if it's going to be a run or a pass, you got to f- see maybe the, the indicator and we'll have, you will have talked about this before the game. You'll say, Hey, if it's a, you know, if you see a single high safety, then we're going to pass. But if you see two high safeties, then we're going to run. That might be a decent way to do it, right? Punish the defense, no matter what structure they're in. Um, but it's difficult to execute that, right? Everybody has to be on the same page. And if Kirk Cousins says, hey, can, 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 and he'll touch his helmet, can, 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 look for Jaron Hall to do can, can. If he's canning at the line of scrimmage, that means that he is way further ahead than we think. I don't anticipate seeing that. But if we do, that would be very hype. Um, but you you would see Kirk Cousins do that, and then everybody's got to be on the same page and remember what the second play call is. All of those words that I said was two different plays. Um, so calling two plays in the huddle is this really great thing because you get to essentially insulate yourself from the situation where you have a play called and then they line up in a way that beats that play. What do I, what can I do? Right. A rookie might not, you might not be comfortable calling two plays in the huddle. Now what those plays are, I don't think will contract. I don't think you need to look at Jaron Hall and say, we're only going to run slants. We're only going to run screens. We're going to run, you know, rollouts, easy stuff. We're going to babysit you. I think you can have access to the full playbook, but I don't think you can have as much access to stuff at the line of scrimmage, especially if you can't get out of the huddle probably nearly as fast, right? Just with a rookie in there, things are going to gum up and slow down, and it's just going to be a slower process. Plus, once you get to the line, let's say the defense is disguising their coverage, right? Let's say they are in a two-high structure, but they're lining up in a one-high structure pre-snap. We probably want to know about that if we're like changing our play based on that information, right? We probably want to figure that out. So let's do a motion that we know is going to roll their safeties if they roll their safeties. Or let's do a hard count to make them think the snap count's about to come. See if we can get them to tip their hand. And then if they don't move, then we run the play like we were gonna. And if they do move, we go, okay, can, can, can. We got them. We got them. Um, That element, I think, is what we're losing here. Uh, And that is going to just make it a less dynamic offense. We talk a lot about play calling with Kevin O'Connell. And I think to criticize play calling, you kind of are criticizing the quarterback too. Like I think necessarily you're criticizing the quarterback too because the quarterback ultimately gets control of that at the line of scrimmage, at least with Kirk Cousins. He got control of that at the line of scrimmage. He changed a lot at the line of scrimmage. Um, And I I even remember getting Twitter Tuesday questions like, why isn't Kirk Cousins, you know, doing more at the line of scrimmage? He did a ton at the line of scrimmage. I don't think we're going to get that with Jaron Hall. So things are going to contract a little bit. That doesn't mean the offense is going to become terrible. It doesn't mean we're just going to like spam stick until we die. It doesn't mean we're going to have to, you know, run the ball 75% of the time because Jaron Hall can't do anything. But it loses this dynamic ability to respond to the pre-snap look. And if the pre-snap look isn't, one that looks good for the Vikings, we might just have to run the play into it and hope it works out anyways, which is just going to reduce some of the production. I think that's the way that this manifests. But if we do see uh, Jaron Hall doing can-can or yelling stuff like water-water, which is another alert that they have. I don't know what what water-water is for them. Um, But there's a whole bunch of them. If if he's yelling and, and dialing and doing stuff at the line of scrimmage, like watch that keenly. If he's doing a lot, that's really, really hype for Jaron Hall. Um, 
I don't know what's going to happen with this offense, to be honest with you. That's why when, when Aaron Freeman yesterday on Crossover Thursday, which you should check out, asked me like for a score prediction, I just threw out the least serious numbers I could think of because I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what is going to happen with the Taylor Heineke game. We don't know enough about Jaron Hall. We don't know enough about Josh Dobbs either. If he ends up playing in this game for whatever reason, um, it's a mystery. And that's part of what makes sports fun, right? So I am looking forward to the mystery. I'm not going to make any serious predictions, but what I am going to do is some prize picks, prized picks, and your bold predictions. All of that is coming up. Today's episode is, of course, brought to you by Prize Picks. We're going to do some actual Prize Picks picks in a second, but Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So if you're unfamiliar, it's a different game than what you might be thinking of when you hear daily fantasy. It's just you versus the house. Two to six of your favorite players and whether or not they'll do better or worse than their prize picks projection. It can be yards, it can be completions, it can be touchdowns, it can even be fantasy points. So head on over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or use code locked on NFL, all lowercase in the prize picks app for a first deposit match up to $100. It's a $100 first deposit match just for going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or using code Locked on NFL on the app at Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy made easy. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. When you're done with this, I would love it if you went over to patreon.com slash NFL. I got a couple of interesting film breakdowns there. I got one on Josh Dobbs mostly, but comparing him to Jaron Hall. I've got one on Dalton Reisner, who's now slated to be a starter for the rest of the season now that Ezra Cleveland's out. And, uh... Cam Akers versus Alexander Madison comparison. How are these guys doing? And should we still be seeing more uh, Cam Akers versus Madison? Or what way is that going? So go check that out. Um, Also, check out the Locked on NFL kickoff live show. That will be live today on Friday at noon central on every Locked on NFL YouTube channel. Um, They will get you ready for... The Vikings matchup, other matchups, fantasy lineups, everything for the weekend, including a little bit of talk about what happened on Thursday Night Football. So go check that out later today. Let's get into today's prize picks, prized picks. And to do this, I was trying to think about how I think Jaron Hall will attack operating this offense. How is he going to attack that challenge? And I'm thinking outlets, right? I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of outlets and a lot of like, just play it safe, right? Like what's the emphasis going to be this week, right? Protect the ball, play it safe, right? To me, that says that there's going to be a lot of TJ Hawkinson. Now, TJ Hawkinson isn't like the outlet very often, which is unusual for a tight end. Usually the tight end is like the the check down in the flat, right? Or he's into block or whatever. And sometimes they will do that with Hawkinson depending on the, the play call. But a lot of times he's a more downfield, middle of the field kind of guy. Um... And he's, you know, first, second thing in the progression. Well, we saw in the preseason, Jaron Hall's going through progressions, right? He's not doing first read, then check down. He's not doing first read, then run, necessarily. Maybe he'll get into his head and do the young, the thing all young quarterbacks do, which is first read, and now I'm taking off trying to be a hero. Um, but either way, I see this as a game where TJ Hawkinson's going to get a lot. Also, I'm in my head a little bit with what Aaron Freeman told me yesterday on the crossover that the, the Falcons have struggled with tight ends. So I think there's going to be a lot of usage. How successful that usage is remains to be seen. But how about five receptions for TJ Hawkinson? And I went with more than on that 5.0. I believe if you if you have a uh, a tie, 
if it's exactly five. I think it just gets thrown out of the, the play entirely. Um, speaking of Cam Akers and Alexander Madison, by the way, I sort of weighed in on that. And I, I, again, I did the Patreon video that you can check it out, uh, the actual evidence here. But I thought, like, I think they're close, the two of them. Just going off of the Packers game where they they played even opportunities. And it might not look that way because they got the snap counts were very different. I think it was like 47 to 17 or something like that, which is pretty strong disparity. But they went every other drive. So the team approached the game saying, you know, you guys are going to you're going to go in for a drive. Then you're going to go in for a drive without really caring if one drive went longer or, or another. And at the very least, I think that that stays status quo. If not, maybe we get even more acres. Um, maybe acres starts actually starting, right? Um, and so prize picks put Cam Akers' rush yards uh, amount at or the projection at uh, 28 and a half. So I slammed the more than there. I think he's going to get half the, the rushing yards. Uh, I think he's going to have get half the, the rushing opportunity. So 28 and a half feels a little low and it feels like they are overreacting to the cam acres snap count rather than the drive count, which is actually like more indicative of the direct plan that the Vikings had. And the snap count was driven by the Madison drives went longer. Like one of the cam acres drives was one play touchdown and he didn't get in. There was no run plays there, right? They're like, there was a three and out in there. So like that, uh, drove it a lot more than actually the Vikings, opinions of either guy. I think right now they're even on both of those guys. And I think it either stays that way or continues to go into acres favor. Um, also speaking of decisions, I don't think prize picks got right about the Vikings. They have Brandon Powell at 19 and a half receiving yards. That's their projection. Um, so in this injury report, Jalen Naylor has been a full participant all week. So it sounds that it seems like he's about to get taken off of IR and put under the active roster and actually become the new wide receiver three. He was ahead of Brandon Powell on the depth chart. He probably will still be ahead of Brandon Powell on the depth chart. So uh, 19 and a half doesn't sound like a lot for a wide receiver three and feels like a pretty easy one. But if Jalen Naylor takes that job, I don't know if Brandon Powell actually is going to get the rest. Maybe he's earned more, right? He did have a couple of pretty good games. So maybe he has earned a spot over Jalen Naylor. Can't make the club in the tub style. But I don't think so, and it at least gives me like outcomes where um, the 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 less than on this actually happens, and uh, also there's just a world where the passing game doesn't work that well, and Brandon Powell doesn't get a lot of of run right, and there's just worlds where he is the wide receiver three, but still doesn't get twenty or more receiving yards. So I felt pretty good about a less than there, and then one on the other side of things, Taylor Heineke. Less than 216 and a half passing yards is going to be the last one that I put into this. Um, I feel a little shaky on all of these, though, so I'm going to do the flex play thing that they can do where you get a slightly lesser payout, but you can afford to get one wrong. If you get one wrong, you get like 1.25 times your money instead of the like if you if you get all four of these, you get 10 times your money. Uh, if you get if you do the flex play, you only get five times your money, but you get a hedge. And I feel like that's a little safer, right? Um, so. I feel a little shaky about this, but I'm going to do it anyways with uh, Taylor Heineke less than 216 and a half pass yards. And that's not even necessarily shade at Taylor Heineke, but Drake London is hobbled. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, 
you also just have this Brian Flores D that's going to send a lot of blitzes at you and force you to contract, right? They want to turn you into PJ Fleck and we'll see a, if Taylor Heineke is willing to play ball there and is going to start, you know, checking down and doing, you know, are, are they going to start calling the, the, the bubble screens everybody eventually goes to against the Vikings, which the Vikings are very good against. Um, or is he going to run around and try to make deep things happen? In which case, I think there's just as good a chance that that turns into a disaster than a big play, right? So getting 220, it's not a lot, right? Like Jordan Love crossed that last week and it didn't feel like he did, but there was a garbage time. Although I don't also really anticipate there being garbage time in this one. I think this is going to be a close game. If not, they'll be running the ball at the end, uh, depending on, I mean, if Jaron Hall's a disaster, right? Like there's a world where the Vikings offense totally falls apart without Kirk and then the the Falcons don't have to pass the ball much at all. And then we get a less than that way too. So there's a, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to like cover lots of outcomes. There's lots of different worlds where, okay, if this happens, it's less than, if that happens, it's less than, and I'm trying to get there. Those are my prize picks, prized picks for the week. Uh, I've got TJ Hawkinson, more than five receptions, uh, Cam Akers, more than 28 and a half rush yards, Taylor Heineke, less than 216 and a half pass yards. I feel meh about that one. And Brandon Powell, less than 19 and a half receiving yards, which is kind of banking on Brandon Powell getting usurped by a guy coming off IR. Um, what happens in this game will, will largely depend on how these quarterbacks do. Newsflash, right? That's the is that the the most uh, daring and bold and uh, out there analysis you've ever heard. But speaking of daring, daring and bold and out there analysis, it is time for the bold predictions. My favorite part of the week coming up next. Thank you to DoorDash, the sponsor of today's episode and the sponsor of uh, Luke's sick meals because boy is it hard to get up and at them when you're not feeling great or when you're really really busy like in the middle of a game you're not going to get up and make a run to go get lunch in the middle of game day so why don't you just door dash it you can get whatever to your door wings apps something fancier if you want uh, you can order that directly to your door without missing a snap. And for me, it's been super clutch to find like local places that I really like. Um, there is a place near me that's like an, a, an American joint and they have phenomenal breakfast burritos. And that has absolutely destroyed any chance I have at a diet. But boy, has that been an addiction of mine, getting those delivered right to your door or even pick up. And it has become a nice afternoon walk for me as well. Uh, go get 50% off, up to a $10 value on DoorDash when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. That's 50% off, up to a $10 value. Got to spend 15 bucks or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That is subject to change. Terms apply. I need you to get in touch with the darkest parts of your mind. I need you to really reach down deep into your inner horrors, those intrusive thoughts that you don't really trust. Because it's bold prediction time, and that is the mindset that I want you in. Let's get weird up here in the Locked on Vikings podcast. These are your bold predictions, your craziest things that you could ever imagine. And we'll see if any of them happen. If you guys are right, if any of these that I read off are right, 
I get punished, probably by having to learn how to do the gritty, which I cannot do, and maybe I will not learn, and I'll just try it and embarrass myself. Uh, the first one last week, we'll, we'll read and see if any of these hit, comes from Swede Skull, who says that in a f an amazing feat of acrobatics, Alexander Madison will hurdle two players on the same play. Uh, no, sir. In fact, I still, I, I think the last time Alexander Madison even tried to hurdle someone was like 2020. It's been a while. Uh, Skull Uper says that this would go down as the Johnny Munt game, two TDs. I was thinking about this one when there was a swing pass to Johnny Munt in the flat. And he was like really fighting. It was like at the goal line for a touchdown. He ended up getting tackled at like the two. Uh, Keon County resident says that every Vikings running back slash fullback that is active on game day will score a touchdown. We did get our first rushing touchdown, so you got the spirit, right? But that was only the one. Uh, Ryan Gunn said that Andrews Carlson will miss a potential game winner under 40 yards. Uh, so I, he did miss one, didn't he? Uh, but it was, and I think it was exactly 40, if I recall. I, I might be remembering that wrong. It doesn't matter because it needed to be, the game would have needed to be within three points for that to actually be the potential game winner. Vikings won by 14. Uh, Skull Chester said that he asked, that's right, you asked Makai Blackman to get, to get his first interception to be a pick six against Jordan Love. Uh, you met him in, in London and asked him for that, said that he would get a pick six. Uh, did not get there, but he did get the game-winning pass breakup. So that's pretty cool. Like the game clinching, the final one before kneel down. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and Adam Kleinsaucer says that the Vikings would attempt a free kick to end the half. I love that prediction. I love its energy. Unfortunately, that was the only time that I'm ever going to take it this year. So we didn't get there. Uh, let's move on to the ones for today. Week nine against Atlanta. The first one comes from Cody, who says that Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson trot out on the field and everything is fine. Uh, yeah, buddy. Sure. Uh, Casey the Coolest <laughs> says... The second half is opened up with back-to-back -back kickoff returns by Patterson and Wongwu. Uh, so you also said that there would be no first-half scoring, but I think it's plenty bold to have back-to-back -back kick returns open the second half. So if we have back-to-back -back kick returns, that cashes. I don't care how much they score in the first half. Um, I was talking to Kevin Fielder, who writes for USA Today and does some special team stuff there, who was saying that the Vikings have a contain issue on kickoffs. So... If he's wrong, you can make fun of him for that. That's not my take. Uh, <laughs> but if he's right, then he called it, and uh, they'll they'll give up a, a touchdown soon. And of course, you know, Wong will always do. Get quacking. Says that Jaron Hall and B. John Robinson will have the exact same stat line, substitute passing yards for rushing yards, but any TDs count. Okay, so passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns count for Jaron Hall. So if he passes for one and rushes for one, and then B. John Robinson gets two rushing touchdowns, that would be the same. Uh, and then you would need, you know... 86 passing yards, 86 rushing yards, that kind of thing. So you would need a pretty bad game for uh, Jaron Hall. This does feel like it's going to be a B. John Robinson game, doesn't it? I was, I almost put that in my my prize picks, prized picks, but I also don't know what the status of him is. I know he was like ill, and that Arthur Smith is like kind of notorious for being cagey about like how much usage guys are going to get. So I decided not to touch it. But yeah, it would have to be like a big B. John Robinson day and a bad Jaron Hall day to to get even close. And then of course you need the exact right number that makes this plenty bold uh dom tough gave me one so dom you and i are going to work together uh you said that hall would for throw four picks in the first half and then dobbs would finish the game i'm going to work together with you i'm going to say screw the picks but let's say both 
uh, let's keep the benching. Let's keep Jaron Hall gets benched for for Josh Dobbs, but let's also apply that to the Falcons. Let's say both Taylor Heineke and Jaron Hall get benched. I think that's fun. So you and I, we're going to work together, and that's my own uh, entry into the thing, that both Taylor Heineke and Jaron Hall end up benched in this game. And I, I'm talking real benched. I'm not saying, you know, another, the backup went out for kneel downs or, you know, one team was up by 30, so someone got pulled in the fourth quarter. No, no, no. I mean, like, bona fide that dude sucks. We got to pull him. He's spiraling benched. Um, Craig Williams says that Jaron Hall will break Mark Bulger's rookie record and get 455 yards passing. Obviously, you mean over 455 uh, breaking the record. And I'm not going to fact check you on that. So you could have made up any number there and I would have believed you. <laughs> Sam says that both defenses outscore their team's offense. Um, and I, I saw somebody else who said something similar and, um, I think, yeah, I forget who it was, but they gave a set of rules for offense outscoring defense. So I'm going to use those. That was extra points and field goals count as offense. Um, actually, no, I'm going to say extra points count as which unit scored that touchdown. So if it's a defensive touchdown, but then the extra point happens, that's seven. If it's a defensive touchdown and we go for two, that's eight points for the defense. Field goals are offensive. Everything else should be normal. Safeties are defensive, of course. Um, so that's how we're going to do this. Extra points just get tacked onto their touchdowns. And the last one comes from Ty Soup, who says that Addison throws the only passing touchdown in the game. Um, <laughs> I love the energy. I'm actually going to expand this one for you to any non-QB. So for this one to happen, we need to have uh, any non-quarterback throws a touchdown and neither of the quarterbacks, none of the quarterbacks throw passing touchdowns. It's funny. A lot of people gave me something like, you know, three people throw a passing touchdown, which is like a common like Super Bowl prop bet um, or like, you know, over two and a half people that throw a pass or over three, two and a half people throw a passing touchdown. But that's why I kind of did the benching one, because like that feels a little bit like in spirit, the same thing. Um but I'm glad we also covered the base of what if we get like a trick play, you know, Philly special kind of touchdown where TJ Hawkinson throws one to Jaron Hall. Um, and I wanted it to be guarded against that and not just to Addison. It's still plenty bold that you would have a non-quarterback touchdown, but no passing touchdowns from anybody else in the game, all only rushing touchdowns, especially considering the Vikings have a singular rushing touchdown. They still do not have a plurality of rushing touchdowns on the season, which is very funny. But hey, maybe Jaron Hall will run one in. You know, he, he does like to scramble. So QB rushing is like back on the menu, boys. <laughs> so we'll see if any of that cashes. We'll see how this goes. All right. Keep an open mind. Keep some patience. Okay. This is a rookie quarterback. This is a different world. Like when it was Kirk Cousins, it was we're paying you a lot of money. You got to be elite. You know, this is the expectation. This is a fifth round rookie in his very first start. Have a little bit of patience. Keep your keep your mind open to what this offense can look like and what it can grow into over the course of many games. And uh, try not to freak out too much during a Vikings game, all right? Have a little bit of joy. I love you all. I'll see you all on Monday. Pick up the pieces on whatever. We also have the postcast. That'll be up on Sunday at some point after the game on the uh, Locked on Vikings podcast feed. It's also live on the Locked on Minnesota Sports YouTube channel. And then you can also catch it there later too, of course. Um, so check that out. Ch check me out on Patreon. I'll see you all next week. And as always, school.